0: So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space 102FM. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shannon Ambrose. So today we're delighted to welcome Rose O'Connor from the Pastoral Centre in Limerick in her capacity as Chair of the Role of Women in Church Leadership Working Group, which recently published its report, hosted a a wonderful webinar to coincide with the launch. You're welcome to the programme, Rose, and thanks again for joining us.
1: Hello, John. Good to be with you again.
0: We're also joined, uh, I think we had at least one visit from uh, this particular guest before, maybe two. We're also joined by Sister Phyllis Monan, who is also a member of that working group. You're welcome, Phyllis, again, and thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you very much, John. It's good to be here.
0: So, Rose, why and when was this group formed, this Role of Women in Church Leadership Working Group? What's it all about, why and why?
1: Okay, so John, it, was, um, it actually came out of the Diocesan Synod, which uh, many of your listeners, I'm sure, remember we had in 2016. And it was at that synod, there was just over 100 proposals brought forward, and there was a particular one on the role, to explore the role of women in church leadership. And the proposal was that a working group would be formed. Um, so this group was formed out of that. And it, I always remember in the synod, it got a great energy behind it in terms of being a subject that we really needed to address. Um, so Bishop Brendan uh, put group in place. So it was formed in 2017. Um, I was asked to take on the role of chair. And uh, there was uh, nine of us in total on the group. So we had a good mix of, um, we had a priest, we had two religious sisters, we had a number of lay women, lay men, um, and this was coming from different perspectives of, of church, you know, so that was that was quite interesting.
0: So, so this group was made up, as you said, from from various um, various mm. strata, maybe of, of church society, should I say? So, how was it made up in terms of these terms of reference, and what what was the aim? What was?
1: So we had three terms of reference. Really, the first one was to explore um, existing examples of you know positive examples that already exist where women are in leadership roles. Then also to look at and to research current church teaching in this area and the role of women in the church. And then lastly, it was to offer proposals and suggestions on the way forward you know, as to how we might actually address this topic. So those were the three. Perfect. So
0: can you talk us through maybe, maybe Felicia yourself, uh, maybe the key phases of the work? Well, so it's one of
2: the first things we did, John, was to... Um, set about hearing women's voices, people's experience of working in, in church settings. And that was a very key part of, of our, um, I suppose the whole process, and the whole thing is a process. And I suppose there were two, there were a number of areas that came out of, uh, key points that came out of that. I think for women who were in formal positions of leadership in the church, they found that their there were, there were skills that were being used and that they were, there were they fitted in and they were respected for the roles. I think where people, where women really struggled was maybe more in the parish setting, where the roles were not as clear. Uh, And I suppose that was really, I where the struggle was. And of course women, in many ways, see themselves as the backbone uh, of the church, called by the virtue of their baptism. And they see themselves very much as members of the public day. I suppose women bring a very particular role, I think, to church settings, to life and to church. But very often their voices are not heard. And I think that was the struggle. Uh, And very often it really, in parish settings, it very often depends on the priest, on whatever openings they get or whatever uh, hearing they get or whatever scope that they get. So that was really, I suppose, a very key part of it.
0: And so I, I suppose there, were, there was a commonality, for want of a better word, of maybe some of the problems that women would have encountered. And maybe not even just women, maybe even lay people. It might be lay women or religious women, but even lay men too. Uh, coming up with this idea or problem maybe that they perceive as being, well, I'd like to offer something to the church. For some reason, I can't fit in or I'm not allowed to fit in. And that's probably very frustrating, especially if you're interested in your in your church and you want to develop uh, the faith community and maybe develop your own faith. So that that must be fairly frustrating, maybe for so to, to maybe to maybe to listen to some of those voices.
2: It was uh, it was painful and I think one of the things we discovered uh during it was uh, religious um, even though religious we are lay people, but I think we have the backings of a congregation behind us and we can actually find paths or find ways to supposed to be at parish level but i think for lay people who wouldn't have the support of a congregation it is much much more difficult and it really does depend on the structures and the openness of the parish priest or the priest in the parish to see how they might whatever scope that they would get but that is a painful part of it
0: and Along with that launch um, of the actual report, there was also a webinar and I actually watched that webinar myself. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, the, 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 there was a lovely lineup of guest speakers that you had on. Uh, maybe Rose or maybe Felicia, you can share with our listeners what they, who they were and what they spoke about.
1: Yeah, I'll take that one, John. Um, so we had, yeah, we had some, we had, well, three guest speakers, really. Um, the first one was Sister Patricia Murray, who came, she joined us from Rome that evening. And um, Sister Pat, she is the Executive Secretary of the International Union of Superiors General. And she's also on um, a Pontifical Council for Culture. So she was really speaking from the perspective of a woman who's actually in the leadership position. And I suppose it was, it was very interesting to hear her story. I mean, obviously, she is a really, a huge experience and richness of experience in terms of the work that she does within her own religious congregation but i suppose it, like one of the things she shared is for example is that um, i can't remember which synod it was that um it was called and you know she was involved in it as was her male counterpart from, from um mm-hmm. other religious orders but what she said is that that her male counterpart had the status of a bishop because of of his role but for herself as a woman there, there was actually no comparable, you know, there, there was no place for her in that. And so that was something that she's highlighted. But to, to, I suppose, give a sense of hope, though, she also, um, you know, made clear to us that the Pope is making changes there. Um, you know, he is introducing new roles, he's involving women, he's giving women greater roles in these synods, which are very powerful, you know. Sort of uh, groupings and, and a process for for how the the church changes its its way forward going in into the future. So I think that to me was a very positive sign that we're beginning to see that. And as was the other speaker that we had um, was Austin Avery. And Austin is a he's a biographer of Pope Francis. He's um, written a number of biographies of it for Pope Francis too, in fact. Um, but he has also co-written Pope Francis most re- recent book, um, uh, Let Us Dream. So he he's co-written that with him. So I think he, he was, what was interesting, he had a very personal insight to Pope Francis' thinking because he, he actually got to work with him, you know, literally um, through Zoom over the lockdown period. And I suppose what, again, gave me a sense of hope is that he described some of the appointments that Pope Francis has made. And he said, it wasn't just to put a woman into a position so you could tick a box and say, okay, there's a woman in there. But he said, in fact, he's, he's placed them in areas where they've been able to influence the culture. of of the area that they're working in and I think for me that is probably where the biggest challenge is going to be in this area is how do we change the culture because it's not just a clerical thing but I think even as lay people we have a culture of assuming the priest is at the centre of everything, we have a very clericalised model of church and I think that's something, that's where the work to me is really really needed, how do we change that, how do we move that one forward.
0: And I like the way even that um, Jesse Rogers came on to the, to, to, to the working group and, and gave a presentation there of maybe women within the Bible, within Scripture. So it was a very comprehensive report in that it encompassed the idea of what women were up to in the, in the Scripture, but also in canon law as well. I mean, that was touched on. So it, it wasn't though it was just people having a moan. It was really people very constructively looking at all the angles. Would that be fair to say?
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely. And uh, and Phyllis might like to come in on this as well. But I think as a working group, that's something that we took a decision on quite early on, is that we were going to focus on what was possible, you know, because you could be beating your head off a, a brick wall for, you know, for a long time trying to change the major topics. And I'm sure we'll come to those too. But we took the decision to see, well, what is actually possible and I suppose what we discovered, I mean, the work that Jessie did with us and as uh, she did on the night of the webinar was very reflective. She she highlighted a large number of precedents of women in leadership roles, you know, in, in um, sort of uh, back in scripture, so that we do have that precedent. And then we did some work with Canon Gerard Garrett, who looked at the canon law, and we went through what the existing provisions are from canon law. And it's very clear that we are not drawing fully on what's possible within that. There is a lot of scope to do a lot more. I think,
2: most... And I suppose it came right through, I suppose, is... Even, we say, for Jesse gave us the giftedness of women. And from our report and talking to women, the great gifts that women uh, can offer and are available to give, and maybe their gifts are not fully utilised. And as was, again, what we were saying, we could have gone down some call the sex, but there was no point in that. And as Rose said, we really wanted to see what is possible, what are the opportunities, and to be respectful of those and maybe create Ways in which women's voices can be heard and business, women's gifts can be used.
0: I think. This I suppose. Is how you Sorry,
3: yeah, I was just. I was just going to say just in just in relation to that, uh, Rose and Phyllis. Um, one of the things that struck me about the report and 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 the the webinar is there is very much um, a nuance in how we understand the role of lay people and not just women but lay men as well. Uh, versus versus the current understanding we have as a clerical church. And I suppose particularly in Ireland, particularly in the Catholic Church in general, it's very, I suppose our tradition is very clerical focused. And there's a nuance there, I think, which is very important to to bring out that, you know, and and it links into some of the, you know, the bigger issues you talk about. And I suppose the the elephant in the room is the whole debate that's going on around whether or not women should be ordained. And the question is, of course, that, the, the, there's a focus on that predominantly because authority is exercised through ordination and I think for me one of the key things that came out of the report that you, guys, that you worked on was as you said Rose, the fact that there is ways of exercising leadership that is open to people that is not tied up in the fact that the person is ordained mm-hmm. and for us I think as we, particularly in this diocese because we're moving to a model of team, teams and team leadership because of our structures and our parish clusters, for us, there's definitely um awareness raising to say to people and and kind of I won't say education, but more bringing people along to that realization that leadership isn't tied to the fact that you know you have been ordained and that's for me is what one of the key things, key nuances that the
1: reports throughout. yeah, and I think our
2: bishop has shown tremendous leadership in that. <laughs> And I think he's very open and he's very committed to moving this topic forward and, you know, creating ways. And I think, you know, Rose and I were talking earlier, you know, the mindset, even if people going up to Holy Communion, if there's a priest and a lay person, very often people will go to the priest. So there's a mindset and there's education. There's education needed, I think, right through for our priests, for our lay people, and the mm-hmm. women face, men face as well.
3: And I think for me, one of the things in the report, I, I think there was a quote there from, from the listening exercise that was done, where one of the one, one of the women said that she, she had a leadership position, but even automatically in a group setting, people were deferring to the view and the opinion of the cleric. And you know, and I thought, you know, in, in some ways that that's that kind of almost defines what the problem is for us in a certain mm-hmm. extent. Um but it's a challenge and it's you know it's a challenge it's a challenge for us as a church, as a community, as a praying community, as a discerning community. And it's also, I suppose, it's a challenge for members of the clergy out there, because you know, if you think about it, they were trained in a particular way of dealing with things, a particular leadership style, and um, let's be honest, they're you know, they're getting on in age and it's you know, it's it's very hard to treat an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. So in terms of in terms of that approach, I suppose, Rose and, and Phyllis. And looking at the practicalities, what was the positivity that you could that of of what were the kind of recommendations that came out um, that you you know that we could look at that things that could be done? What what were the things that that you took away that would make you positive?
2: Uh, so one of the things we were saying really is like that, you know, people are gifted, and you know, but the whole emphasis on team ministry and the core responsibility that all this be explored in the diocese for opening ministry and leadership roles for lay people so that we actually, in a very clear way, we look at what what is possible.
1: I suppose following on from that, I mean, the other big one was is looking at where do we hear the voices of women? And, you know, I suppose everything we're saying applies equally to lay men, actually, you know, in terms of the canon law, there's no distinction between gender in that sense. But you know, we were recommending that that we look at opportunities where women's voices and perspective on lives could be shared within a liturgy you know i know there, there's certain guidelines around that but i think that there's more could be done to ensure women's voices are actually heard and then I was the other thing that is very important if, it, if we want to do this well the formation is key to it. you know so in terms of recommending that we have formation programs to to facilitate you know that what you talked about some of those challenges around lay people and clergy working together because it's new for everybody so there, there is a sort of a transition period, I suppose, to help with that. And as you know, we have a a lay formation program currently running. We have 24 people on that who are being trained um, in order to be able to work in a team ministry kind of environment. So I think that's a a good positive step that we're already developing. But, you know, really, if we talk about the practicalities of co-ministering and co-responsibility, we really need to think about
2: that. And we're also saying that, you know, that any um, ministry or leadership role that's taken by lay people whether it is a man or a woman, that they would be formally and officially publicly uh, commissioned by the bishop in the presence of the Christian community, and that this maybe would happen on an annual basis. So a formal commissioning of people in any leadership role. And we were saying, like, there are opportunities for the consolation ministry, for the bereaved and for funerals. So there are ways that we actually can, you know, uh, have programs and processes in place for people to be involved in ministry, in leadership.
0: Maybe just to finish up this interview, um, where do the working group go from here now? Maybe Rose, first of all.
1: I suppose, I mean, really, uh, John, at the moment, we're at the, the end of the beginning, if you like. You know, we've done some of the groundwork and we've kind of identified where the challenges are and where the opportunities are. So some of the things that we're looking at as initial steps would be to, I think, first of all, to kind of explore this whole area of co-responsibility and, you know, to kind of hear different perspectives on that. So we're looking at maybe some focus groups around that to try and understand the behaviour and the culture side of things, because I think that's really what's going to make or break this, you know, to get to the bottom of that. Phyllis mentioned the whole idea of having a formal commissioning process. And I think that's something that's a very practical step that we could look at. And I suppose there's things like that kind of take stock of, you know, we have a large number of religious in the diocese and other lay people that would want to be involved in ministry, even to get a sense of, you know, because everyone brings a whole set of skills and experiences, but to kind of map out some of that expertise as well would be important. Um, And then I suppose, as Phyllis mentioned, to look at tangible areas, you know, I think through this lockdown, we've had to be very creative in how we do ministry. So I think that's, um, that's been interesting. I think there's hope to maybe continue some of that and to widen it and of course hugely important in all of this is to connect with young people mm-hmm. as the next generation of you know, the the, the, church of the future really and you know we know through our youth ministry programs there's a great engagement with young people but I think the way in which we engage with them will probably have to be quite different to what we've been used to maybe as, as let's say the middle age group.
0: And just one last thing, and I don't know we, we're kind of tight for time. You mentioned hope a few times there, and Phyllis, you certainly mentioned in, your, in some of your responses, um, there's hope going forward.
2: Absolutely hope, and as I said, I think commend our bishop for, I think for supporting this and for being absolutely committed to it. And I think there's a new, there, are, there is a new, something new happening in our diocese and in our church.
0: Watch this space? Is that what you're telling us? Rose O'Connor from the Pastoral Centre and also Phyllis Monaghan from the Working Group uh, of Church Leadership, uh, uh, the role of women in church leadership, thank you very much for joining us today. Got to go out with with a piece of music to finish off this. It's one by Stacey Williams and this one is entitled Holy Spirit, Come Fill This Place. So join us again in part three where we read and reflect on the Word of God.
4: is longing just to hear from you. My soul is waiting to know someone who can take us higher, help us make it through. So will you please come and say. For your perfect peace Our souls are thirsty For the joy you breathe So send your